Our second scripture reading is the gospel reading from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. And you can find that on page 72 of the Pew Bibles in the New Testament section. As they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. The story of Mary and Martha has been sticking in the crawl of doers for quite a while. I wouldn't be surprised if there weren't some people in the original community for which Luke wrote his gospel that had a thing or two to say to him about his deciding to include that story about Jesus. Too often we judge Mary as doing nothing while Martha is busy ensuring everything important is done. But if we listen carefully to what Luke is telling us, that is not the case. Mary accomplishes something important. We all have our tasks to do in life that we consider important and that many are important. They're vital. If we stop doing them, people would suffer. But the theological issue here is not activity versus inactivity. The issue here is priority and a willingness to recognize the importance of the moment. Jesus and his disciples came for a visit to the home of Martha. This is the same family of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus that we encounter in the Gospel of John. Of course, Jesus would raise Lazarus from the dead and Mary would anoint Jesus with an expensive ointment right before he headed to Jerusalem the final time. In Luke's gospel, Martha is the one given credit for playing host. She may have been the head of this sibling household. While a male was usually the head of household in Jesus' time, there were cases of women being in charge. Martha issued the invitation to Jesus to come to her house, likely a spur-of-the-moment decision. Martha wanted to make a good impression as host. We can certainly understand her anxious work handling this influx of visitors. And that work has its place. Others played host to Jesus and are cited positively by the Gospels for their service. Luke's own gospel makes a point to tell us that Peter's mother, when Jesus had healed her, served him. So what's the issue here? Why did Jesus take Mary's side in this squabble? Martha has invited Jesus into her home, and then she passed on the opportunity to spend time with him. This isn't about a host ignoring her guest. 
This is about Martha not seeing the incredible opportunity that she had to be blessed. Mary saw it. Mary realized that Jesus was only there for an hour or for an afternoon or perhaps for an evening and the next day before he would move on. She realized that all the work that distracted Martha so much was secondary to this incredible opportunity. And opportunities like this arise for us as well. In those moments, we can either be consumed like Martha with our duties, or we can recognize the incredible chance that we have to learn. Jesus offered us, offers us the freedom from enslavement of duties of life in those moments. He offers us the freedom to learn from his presence and his wisdom and his teaching. You know, the duties of life are important. They can't be neglected, and they should be shared. And if Mary had arisen the next day to tell Martha she didn't intend to do work anymore, she would have been wrong. The story is not a license for laziness, for procrastination, for the infamous phrase we love in our culture, me time. This is a story that points to a real balance where we grow as disciples of Christ, so that we can, can then labor more effectively in the world as we serve others and serve Jesus. And I tell you, pastors dislike this passage as much as anyone. We're very adept at convincing ourselves that everything we do is important, and we are often one to ask God why there aren't more people willing to do the work. We too must look for those moments when Jesus invites us to stop, to sit down, to listen, to learn. Where is this happening for you? Where are those moments when Jesus is inviting you to lay aside the tasks of life and follow Mary's example? We all have those moments we act like Martha. And I think all of us have those moments as well when we realize we've been given an incredible freedom to act like Mary. For this hour today, you have chosen Mary's path. You've recognized the freedom offered in the Sabbath, in worship. You've left aside the busy tasks that crowd into your life, and you're choosing to be like Mary. The world like Martha, is clamoring for your attention, but you have chosen the better part for today. So let us be sure we listen now to what Jesus may be trying to teach us. What might Jesus have shared again with his disciples when they were gathered around and as Mary sat at his feet? I'm pretty certain Jesus repeated lessons to the disciples, we all need repetition to hear. In chapter 6 of Luke, he gives us familiar words that many recognize from Matthew. You may have noticed these on our main stairwell. Luke's version is a much shorter version of these sayings. Both Luke and Matthew tell us rather interestingly that Jesus shared these not with the crowds, but with his disciples. Perhaps these are the words 
that held Mary's rapt attention. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, when they revile you and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. That's Luke's version of the Beatitudes. To those currently caught in suffering, Luke's gospel offers hope. To those who are marginalized, Luke's gospel tells them God is taking note. And for the followers of Christ, Luke sets the expectation that suffering for the sake of the kingdom will be a source of joy. So what would Mary, Mary, a woman who was of means and who likely lived as comfortably and as independently as a woman could in the first century, what would she have thought of these words? Would they have frightened her, disturbed her, transformed her, stirred her heart? Matthew begins the Beatitudes with a blessing on the poor in spirit. But Luke sees the physically destitute of the world, who are also the hungry of the world. These people are barely making enough to survive. They skip meals so their children can eat. And on some nights, they have to watch their children go hungry because there is no food to be had. We might think it an empty promise, this kingdom of God they are they are told about. But the disciples came to understand that when Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God and promised its presence, he was expecting that he and his followers were going to introduce it into people's lives right then. The New Testament church in Jerusalem got this. They embarked immediately after Pentecost in feeding widows and orphans. They did so much of it, allusion to that actually shows up in statements made by Roman emperors. The Spirit filled their lives. The kingdom was growing right there. The city was filled with the poor and the hungry. The church began sharing the kingdom and feeding the hungry right then and there. The church gave the weeping, hungry, poor a chance to be filled and to laugh and to find the joy of life. We are like Martha and Mary. Many of us are comfortable financially. Many of us are also consumed by the many tasks of our lives. Like Mary, we have come to sit for a few moments at Jesus' feet. Will we be transformed? Will we rise today ready to take the good news of the kingdom to heart? Will we understand just a little more about what it means to help the poor and the hungry and the weeping to experience the kingdom and its abundance and its joy? 
We will all leave here and plunge again into those duties and tasks that are on our shoulders. And most of those are important. And we ought to embrace those with joy. We should shoulder those burdens together. We should ensure that the Marthas and the Marys in our lives all share in the work. But we should ask ourselves a question. Which of these duties and tasks are distracting me from the poor and the hungry and the weeping and the lonely who are right around me? We can hold in our minds and our hearts Jesus and those he took the time to touch. The disciples who lived on the outskirts of society, common people doing their jobs before Jesus called them to something truly amazing. The hungry that Jesus fed. The lonely who he stopped and befriended. The sick who needed healing. Those burdened by sin who needed forgiveness. Those enslaved by evil whose chains he shattered. The weeping who he comforted. And when we make the decision to take note of those and help them, the world may indeed persecute us. The world will not just complain like Martha, but will hate and exclude those who consider the plight of the poor and the outcast and the marginalized. The world doesn't like it because the world doesn't like any witness witness that says we should welcome and share freely with others. Jesus' message And the church's example threatens the powerful and the comfortable, first in our own lives and in our own hearts, and then in the wider world. And like the prophets, when we call for welcome and acceptance and inclusion, we will find ourselves called names and ridiculed. But when this happens, we can know that our reward is great. You've accepted for today Jesus' invitation to sit at his feet, to lay aside your burdens even for a short time, to accept this freedom to learn in this moment. Take that lesson with you. Don't waste it. May this freedom we have been given in this moment transform us and may we share the kingdom with the poor and fill the stomachs of the hungry and bring laughter to those who weep. May we be like Mary and listen to the words of Jesus. Amen.